Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the clock on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? Happy draft day, my friend. We're here. It we is draft here. day. We are this here is, live. This is new. This is new. We've it's, done a lot of, we've done, how many draft, we've done like 26 draft shows. This is, uh, <laughs> done. I've never done one from here. Are, are we this counting cool. NBA and NFL together? No, yeah, NFL. it's actually pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, lot of draft shows. A lot of draft shows we've done. We are yeah. live, uh, basically outside of State Farm Stadium. We're mm-hmm. here at the, the Sportsman Park area, the Heritage Square area. This I've is this place up Nice. Oh, they really did, right? Mm. You got the you got the, the restaurant over here, and the grass looks really good. And here, in a matter of hours, this place will be teeming with people just filled coming down here to see what the Arizona Cardinals are going to do in the first round of the draft. Currently sitting with the number three pick overall. We, of course, will have our wall-to-wall coverage of that draft, as you've come to expect from us here on Arizona Sports. You, me, doing our show until 4. And then coming at 4 o'clock, we're doing it roundtable style with Ron Wolfley and Dan Blake Bickley. The four of us chopping it up. It'll be. Right. We were deprived of it last year. We didn't get one last year because of the Suns' playoffs. And in fact, the Colonels didn't have a first round pick because they traded it for Hollywood Brown. Yes. It'll be fun to get the crew together again and let's do a draft show, right? Let's have yeah. fun. Yeah, especially when you're picking third and all the anticipation of the possibility of trading down. And that seems to be the consensus among everybody that they will trade down from that third pick. I think I'd be surprised right now if they end up keeping the pick. I And many, there's a big part of me that wants to see them keep the pick and get Will Anderson at three or even four if you trade it with Indy, but a lot of people do feel that they're going to make a trade even further down the board there. Yeah, so I mean, you just keep it locked right here on Arizona Sports, and, and I assure you we've got our, our whole cast and crew back there at the Auction Community Studios, and they are poised, man. The minute something breaks, the minute something changes, the minute anything happens at all, we'll fire off that sounder, we'll jump in, we'll tell you exactly what's going on, all of the analysis, all of the insight, all of the breaking news, it's all right here. Don't go anywhere other than right here. Burns and Gambo in Arizona Sports for all your draft day coverage. Now, with that, we did get some news. Came down about a half hour ago. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. All right. We were going to weigh in with the Cardinals at number three and what their plans were. And I assure you, we're going to... But... And we're going to get to that in the next segment of the show. But Lamar Jackson just inked a new contract with the Baltimore Ravens. Right before the draft, Baltimore Ravens tweeted out, we've agreed in principle on a five-year contract extension with quarterback Lamar Jackson. According to reports, it's a five-year deal, $260 million, $185 million guaranteed. And you got people in their car going, okay, great. Yeah, yeah so Lamar Jackson's going back to the Ravens. What does it mean for the Cardinals? The tweet from Charles Robinson and kind of the follow-up tweets. And Charles Robinson is a longtime senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Gambo. He tweeted out, The structure of Lamar Jackson's deal with the Ravens should open up a shot at facilitating a trade for Cardinals wideout DeAndre Hopkins. They had about $3 million in cap space before this deal. That's all they had. Hopkins is a $19 million cap hit. Something had to give. So this contract, and you know, instead of a $32.5 million hold on the non-exclusive tag, 
you know, we, we do know the contract. $260 million, 185 guaranteed. How it's structured to save them cap money, that I want to see. Because they don't have a lot of cap space. They've got $3 million. This deal may give them a lot more. And Hop, again, is at 19 unless you restructure Hop, which is a possibility. Now, Pac-Man Jones and others still aren't counting out Buffalo and Kansas City as places that he could get traded to. But all eyes right now are on the Ravens. The, the Lamar Jackson deal is done. He finally got what he deserves. It's a good contract for him. It's a terrific quarterback. And now we see if DeAndre Hopkins could be traded to Baltimore. Some speculation, what, if even a first-rounder if it was Baltimore? Because yeah. that blows me away. If you could do that uh, in a heartbeat, right? Take the first round or move on from Hopkins. Yeah, there, there's been, it's early, very early in the process. Let's kind of see how this shakes out a little bit, but I'll just pass along some of the speculation. And I want to reiterate, this is just speculation right now on Twitter, albeit from some people who are kind of in the know about stuff like this, or at least tend to be in the know about stuff like this. I'll stick with Charles Robinson since he's the NFL, senior NFL reporter there at Yahoo. Um, he tweeted out, more on Hopkins and the Ravens. Keep close tabs on the Bills' first-round pick tonight at number 27. If they're out on a Hopkins pursuit, watch for a receiver pick. In other words, if you think the Ravens might go get DeAndre Hopkins and you see the Bills take a wide receiver at number 27, means the Bills don't think they're going to get DeAndre Hopkins because he's going somewhere else. or so, so that might be an indicator yeah. that he's not going to Buffalo. Watch to see what the Bills do at number 27. The most interesting speculation, and again, I can't reiterate this enough. This is just speculation, but it's coming from Jack Settleman. He's the CEO and founder of Snapback Sports. Apparently, it's the number one Snapchat sports channel. Not aware of this. I got Aaron Maloney telling me this is the case. Jack Settleman tweeted out, Lamar Jackson signs long-term extension. DeAndre Hopkins and pick number 34 in exchange for Ravens pick number 22. Don't like it. This is what I've gathered from my sources to be announced tonight if all things go as planned. So so 34 goes to Baltimore with Hop. Yes. And you get 22. Yes. You don't add any picks. No, you don't. You move up, but you don't add any picks. Get a substantially, potentially substantially better player at number two than yeah. you at 34. No, I, w- I would, I, honestly, I'd rather just have an extra second round pick and not give up my, you know. And you want not, the extra swing of the bat. You, you want yeah, the extra bite of the apple, Yeah, I'd rather right? have two. Yeah, I'd rather, have to, I'd rather hold on to 34 and add their second round pick than give up 34 and move up to 22. I'd rather have the extra. I'd rather have two second round picks than pick thirty four. Huh? Um, just because you want the extra pick. Second round picks are good. They're good picks. You're going to get good players. Look, I think there's a point in the draft in the first round where after you get past a certain amount, it's almost like a second round pick anyway. I'm very high on the first, you know, ten players in the draft. Sure. But I think once you start talking about, you know, you know, pick, you know, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, is there that much of a difference between that and thirty four? Yeah. I don't think so. So I'd rather have the second pick. And also that you know the, the money of a first rounder is a lot different than the money in the second round. Sure. But that's just one factor. But yeah, I think once you get past a certain point in the first round, I, I'd rather have the two seconds than have the late first. Yeah. Now if it was an earlier first, then I think you can make that argument. Okay, I'd rather have that. But since it's a later first round pick, I'd rather have the two seconds. Just give me your second. No swaps. Give me your second. I'll trade you Hopkins. You make you make a really good argument, and and, and I, honestly, I don't. Yeah. 
I like the idea of upgrading your second round pick to a low first. And at 22, I mean, it's not that low when you think of it. It's about a 31 team draft because the Dolphins forfeited theirs. It's not like you're picking at the very end of the first round. I'm intrigued by the idea of getting another second rounder. I'll be perfectly honest with you and everybody listening. I've been so focused on number three and the players that might be available at the various spots where the Cardinals could trade yeah. to. I haven't looked a whole lot at the end of the first round. You know, like I haven't, like, who would they target? at the end of the first round. Uh, A lot, I would imagine, depends on what they do at number three. And do they move to six? Do they move to seven? Do they move to 11? Do they move to 12? What do they get? Do they get an offensive lineman? Do they get a corner? I mean, we all know what this team needs, and we'll go over it extensively in the next segment of the show when we start talking about mock drafts and whatever. But but what do they do with their first first round pick if they get a second second round pick? Clearly, it depends on the first round pick, the first one they've got. Could change your strategy. It could. It could. Right, like knowing, okay, we can we can take like like okay, I'll get greedy here. You're sitting there with your first first round pick, and I know I'm dreaming here. You get a chance to take a chance on like a Jalen Carter with your first first round pick because you know you've got a second first round pick right. that you could possibly get. Yeah, I'm not against I that. I don't think they're going to do that because I don't know if they've got the infrastructure to deal with Jalen Carter, but that becomes really intriguing to me. I, I'm very intrigued by Jalen Carter because I think the guy's just going to be a wrecking ball in the NFL. Um, but then you sacrifice your second round pick, which would be a really nice one to have unless, you know, well, I don't know if you can get another one of those somehow. I mean, unless... unless okay, you're trading Buddha. Well, or... Okay, here's another scenario. You're trading number three, and you're getting somebody else's second in the second round. So okay. let's, say, let's say I'm getting Tennessee's second in the second round because I'm moving down to 11. Are you more willing to trade your second round pick if you know you've got another one coming from Tennessee if it means getting back in the first round? Yeah, so, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe if you know you have that in the bag, you could do that. I still prefer like getting the extra pick than just basically swapping picks and moving down. But I understand, like I understand, there's some logic there. You, you know, you expect that you would get a better player at 22 than you would at like say 34. So, I, I mean, I get that, but I do, man. I just, I do think there's a point in the first round. Where you're like, okay, you know, at this point, I'd rather have the second round because it's a later first round pick. It's in the bottom third of first-round picks. I'd rather just have the top third of second-round picks and then add another pick from them. Yep. it's. I mean, so many moving parts. It's really hard to see where it's going to go to to kind of predict how it's going to fall. But if there are extra second-round picks, extra third-round picks that are coming their way because of a trade at number three, it might make trading your number two just a little bit more palatable than it was before. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll stay on the NFL draft, obviously, with the Lamar Jackson news and maybe what it means for the Cardinals if D-Hop, can you imagine D-Hop in Baltimore with OBJ and Lamar Jackson? Oh, my goodness. What an ex- what a team that would be to watch. Yeah. What a they could, team. They, they could be one of the favorites in the AFC. Cardinals hold the number three pick tonight. Other than that, anything, and I mean anything, could happen. And we'll talk about all the possibilities next on the Burns and Gambo show. Live at State Farm Stadium, Burns and Gambo talk NFL draft now. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo show. We are live from the official Arizona Cardinals draft party. We're out here on Sportsman's Lawn right outside of State Farm Stadium, Heritage Square. It's the big draft party. A reminder, and our friends over at the Arizona Cardinals wanted me to remind you. 
that anybody who's coming down to this draft party, one, the doors open at 4 o'clock. Two, there is a clear bag policy in effect, so make sure you plan accordingly. And number three, parking and entry are free. There's vendors all over the place. Got food trucks, got beer stations, we've got restaurants, we got everything you're going to need to enjoy the draft. And what, uh, surely, Gambo, it's going to be a night of high drama tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. There's no question about it. I mean, and, and this is the start, right? This is the start of, uh, look, things were really bad last year, and they still may have to take a step back before they get better. But I think we look at this as the start of a new era in Cardinals football. They hired Monty Austin for it. They hired Jonathan Gannon. They've moved on from a lot of their players. They're starting over. This draft, ultimately, not free agency, not the offseason. They really do anything in the offseason. This draft is the start of what many people hope, we don't know, hope will be the turnaround for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a good way of looking at it because, quite frankly, we are so accustomed to the previous regime running these drafts. And if we're just being honest, not running them particularly well. I mean, not with the kind of talent that you need to have in the NFL in order not to have to dip into free agency every year to plug a bunch of holes, right? You want to draft well so that you can fill those holes lightly in free agency and not have to need this or need that because you didn't draft this or you didn't draft that. We have no idea how good Monty Austin Fort and Dave Sears are at drafting. Not a clue. This is Monty Austin Fort's first draft where he's the guy. We're going to learn a lot about him tonight over these next few days, but frankly, we're not going to have a final analysis on how he does tonight for another year or two or maybe even longer, depending on how long it takes these guys to go. But what we will get an idea of tonight, Gambo, is philosophy and sort of the idea behind it. He comes, he being Monty Austin Fort, comes from the Patriots' way of doing things. Trade down, extra picks, collecting as much as you can, which is why when you look at all the latest mock drafts, man, all they are are speculation that the Cardinals are going to move out of number three. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just listening to the music right now. I just came over. I expect they're going to move down from number three. It is the philosophy that the Patriots had with Bill Belichick. Get as many assets, take as many shots as you can. And, you know, when you're a team and you can really make an argument that you're not a player away, you know, and listen, I'm a big Will Anderson fan, and I hope they get him. But, you know, you can make an argument if the team had won, you know, 10 games last year and they, were, and they just lost J.J. Watt and they need a pass rusher. Okay, go get the guy that could get to the quarterback. That's going to help you get over the hump. For those that want to see them move down and acquire the picks, they need cornerback help. They need offensive line help. They need defensive line help. They might need safety help. They need wide receiver help. So that's where you come in with the, you can buy the argument that a lot of people, hey, trade down. Just trade down. I know you might be passing up on a great player. And a lot of people will look back at the year that they passed on Terrell Suggs and they got two average players and that sucks. But, you know, it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes if you do trade down and you get a lot of picks, it's the right thing to do to start your rebuild. Adam Schefter this morning on ESPN talked about trading down for the Cardinals at number three, and he brought up some of the challenges of it. The Cardinals would love to trade out of that spot. Mm-hmm. They're open to moving that pick. The issue is who's going to trade up to number three when you've got to guarantee the third overall player selected $22 million. Got to believe in that guy. And I think you're going to have to want to see that there's a quarterback there. So I think teams wouldn't trade up until they see that Houston is not taking a quarterback.
quarterback. We might have to wait until the Cardinals are on the clock Thursday night before we see action. And even then, we might not see action, and they might be stuck. And I wouldn't dismiss the idea that Arizona could wind up taking a surprise there, potentially even an offensive tackle like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Yeah, that's been the speculation, yeah. right? Like, yeah. if they can't find a partner to trade down with, and they're at three, and they don't find a deal they like, and Will Anderson's gone at number two, then maybe they take the guy that Kyler Murray apparently, and I'm not that that's the only reason why they would do it, but that's been speculated on the last couple of days that that's the guy Kyler wants, is Paris Johnson out yeah. of Ohio State. And it would have nothing to do with the fact that they really like the Ohio State uniforms. <laughs> but, <laughs> listen, there was a time before the season ended when I was so at, so adamant that they were going to draft an offensive lineman because that's what their needs were. Right? You were losing Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh and the offensive line was just in shambles. It was a mess. And I even back, I think it was in November, I mean, I made you a bet that the first pick, they, they, they it's going to be an offensive lineman. I mean, back in November, the season hadn't even ended. I'm like, they're going to take, I'll bet you a lunch are going to take an offensive lineman. You know, and then there was all the talk about, okay, at three, you know, the, the best offensive lineman, there are better players at three on the defensive side of the ball. But if you start to move back, you know, if you're at seven or eight or especially 11 and, and those great defensive players are gone, then the best players in the draft do become yes. Skorowski, Paris Johnson. They do become the offensive linemen. So that's why a lot of people think it's going to be offensive linemen because they think the Cardinals are going to trade out of a position to get Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. I'll honor the terms of the bet. If it's an offensive lineman with the first first round pick, and if there's a second one with the first first round pick, I'll bring you lunch tomorrow. Mm. I'll, I'll honor the bet. All right. This is Benjamin Solak. He is an NFL insider from the Athletic. He was on Bickley and Murata today. He says if Will Anderson's number two, if they, if Houston doesn't go quarterback, and it's going to be Will Anderson number two, and the Cardinals are sitting there at number three, and they really want Paris Johnson, and they want to trade back, he cautions about trading back too far. For a long time, I think that draft was kind of starting at. No one really knew what the Texans were doing. If it is Will Anderson, as expected, then yeah, three is that spot now where, like, you know, Diana Rossini just reported all those trade offers are going to come in, all those quarterback needy teams who want to get ahead of the Colts, like, this is going to be the spot for them. Uh, so now three becomes a really important spot. Yeah, and three becomes a really important spot, and it might have to be six or seven in order for them to get Paris Johnson, because if they go too far back, they run the risk of not getting him. That's in why. In my estimation, if the Cardinals would really like to land on a tackle, and even if they'd, they'd specifically like to land on Paris. I think if you go from three to seven, right? I think about like that Raiders pick, three to six, the Lions pick. I think you're likely still to get Paris Johnson at that range. I think that's a better return on investment. Once you start getting after the Bears at nine, the Eagles at ten, uh, Titans at eleven, now you're starting to get behind some tackle-oriented teams. Now you're on the risk of missing out on Paris. Now you get the second or third guy on your board. Yeah. So if you're really locked down on getting Paris Johnson, I don't think you can move too far back, but I do think you can move a little back, and that'll be a, a good bang for your buck. It's exactly why we've got to put 10 is the limit, right? Inside of 10, you're going to get a player you really like. Outside of 10, it's more of a crapshoot. Yep. It's just more of a crapshoot. You, you might get the player you like, but you run the risk of that player being yeah. gone. Yeah. You know, like, yep. like there was one mock today. I think it was, and again, these are just the mocks. So okay. For what you will. But there was... Kuiper or McShay? It was Kuiper's final mock. Okay, I got it right here. Yeah, that had the Cardinals moving from 3 to 11 in a trade with the Titans, getting a nice return to doing it. But the player they get at number 11 is Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. That's fine, but he had... Skaronsky was gone, and Paris Johnson was gone. Skaronsky was not gone. Oh, he was not gone. No, okay, Skaronsky went 15 right. to the... But who was gone? Your top three defensive linemen, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and Tyree Wilson were gone. Your 
top two cornerbacks, Christian Gonzalez and Witherspoon, were gone. And offensive lineman Paris Johnson, if that's their preference, he's gone. Now, Skaronsky is still there at that point on Kuypers. He's got him going to the Jets at 15, but he doesn't have him taking an offensive lineman. He has him taking a defensive lineman, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. And that's like, and that's, now you're talking, getting into that point. It's, it's not your first best off defensive lineman. It's not your second. It's not your third. You're talking about the fourth or fifth best defensive lineman in the draft. Yeah. I misspoke, by the way. Uh, Benjamin Solak is from um, the ringer, not the athletics. My apologies to Benjamin on that one. Um, as far, look, number two. What do the Houston Texans do? Everyone is now saying defense. Will Anderson's like the odds-on favorite to go number two overall to Houston Texans. We thought two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it had to be quarterback. If they don't go quarterback and Will Anderson is gone at two, then the Cardinals at number three are going to be faced with a choice. Do we reach and take Paris Johnson at number three because we're afraid we're not going to get him later? Or do we make a deal and run the risk that the guy we're going to want is not there later in the draft? If it's not Will Anderson at two and it is a quarterback, then the Cardinals will be faced with the decision of staying there and taking Will Anderson. State Farm Stadium, Burns and Gambo Talk NFL Draft, now. We're talking NFL Draft. We're here live outside of Cardinal Stadium for the big Cardinals draft party. You heard Rubes there in the update mentioned. Gates open at 4 o'clock. Clear back policy. Parking is free. Admission is free. It's going to be a party. It's going to be unpredictable tonight. We have no idea what's going to happen tonight. But whatever it is, it's going to be big. I mean, it's, it's always fun when you're doing a show like this and you're basically guaranteed to be sitting on breaking news, right? Like something's going to break tonight. Either they're yes. going to stay at number three and take a player. Maybe there's a trade with Baltimore, with D-Hop, and they pick up an extra first-round pick. Maybe they move down. I mean, who knows? There's a million different combinations of what could happen tonight. Uh, and it's really cool that we've got our Cardinals writer extraordinaire, Tyler Drake, who is boots on the ground in Kansas City. Is he, is he at Gates Barbecue right now? Tyler, are you at Gates Barbecue right now, or are you working? <laughs> I'm not, but that is one of the about 20 places I've been told to go check out. Okay, I'll just tell you this. you got to know what you want to order, because they yell at you. No, I'm serious. Okay. Like, if you, like, if you get there and you're like, um, I'm, they're like, how may I help you? And if you hesitate for a second, they yell at you, how may I help you? And if by the third time, they'll tell you to get the hell out of the line. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I've been there and I've been yelled at. Like, I went twice, I went to Gates and each time I was like debating, do I want this? And they yelled at me. Like, they yell, I'm like, you better know what you want when you get in that line. Because if you get it to the okay. counter and you're hesitant, they, they're gonna, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> That's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, little right. advice. It's travel tips from John Gambadero. Yeah. And if you have time, check out the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, it's amazing. Well, right there. It is amazing. All right. Enough of what to do when you're in Kansas City. Let's talk about what the Cardinals are going to do tonight. Options galore. They're all over the place. Let's talk about this latest one uh, first, the, the D-hop to the Ravens speculation now that Lamar Jackson has resigned there. I, I, there hasn't been a ton of it on Twitter, but there's been some of it on Twitter. So best you can tell how agreeable do you think the Cardinals would be to picking up an extra first round pick as part of any D hop package involving the Ravens? I mean, I think if involved, I don't think they wait. I think they run and make that trade because, I mean, we really haven't heard much of a first round pick. It's been a third rounder, a second rounder, maybe a couple, but yeah, I mean, if that's the case, and especially, I mean, if you look at it, Hopkins is going to probably restructure. 
his deal anyway. So you got to think, like, with that Ravens, with Lamar signing there, I mean, it does kind of open up a possibility that they really could facilitate bringing him over. So, you know, I think it's going to come down. It might Something might come down the first couple picks. Who knows? Like, it, it, I, it, There's a lot of things that could happen at this draft, and there's a lot of people out here talking about a lot of different things, just who they like, who they don't like. I mean, it's, it's already a party here, and there's still hours to go before we even get started. Is it an incredible way they'll be if they trade Hopkins wide receiver-wise? I mean, we went from Larry Fitzgerald and Hopkins and had three draft picks that were wide receivers in one year and then trading for Hollywood Brown. If they trade Hopkins, wide receiver becomes a major, major need for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, of course. And I think if they do get a deal done for the draft, maybe that's a, a pick that they'll use on a and, and yeah, obviously, you know, Hollywood Brown has shades of maybe one guy, but, you know, they need more bodies. I, I, you know, I think bringing back Greg Dortch was awesome. I think that's an under. Uh, okay, yeah, we're, we're having some connection issues there with Tyler. Uh, we'll get him back on the line because he's in Kansas City. We certainly want to pick his brain while he's there. Um, since you asked about it, you didn't technically ask about it, but I checked on it for you. Yeah. Okay, so you were you you were of the opinion that you'd rather have a second-round pick instead of a pick swap in a D-hop deal? Like yeah. there was some speculation that the Cardinals would, <laughs> would trade D-hop in their second-round pick to Baltimore for their 22nd pick overall in the draft in the first round. He said, you know what? I'd rather just have Baltimore's second-round pick. I would. That's me. The, it's a the, preference. The problem? Yeah. Baltimore doesn't have a second-round pick. Oh, there you go. So that's that. Okay. That becomes... Pro- I just looked okay. it up. So they do not have a second-round second pick. They don't have a second-round pick. So that becomes problematic. Mm. Um, so that's not an option, uh, at least if you're dealing with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, then uh, how about I take their first and I... Uh, how about I take their first and I give you my third? Do you take their first and you give them... Wait, say that again? So right now, the Cardinals would get the Ravens' 22nd pick, and they would give up. The Cardinals would give up. So why not just take the Ravens' first-round pick, Mm -hmm. and then instead of giving up your second, give up your third? Oh, well, I mean, if you could do that, that, sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's a better deal all around. All right, we're hoping for a better connection with Tyler. I imagine there's many, many people who are jammed into downtown Kansas City right now. Uh, Tyler, uh, moving away from the Lamar Jackson talk and the DeAndre Hopkins talk, at number three, how real do you think is the mystery of what the Houston Texans are going to do? Because it, for the longest time, we thought the draft started at number three with the Cardinals, and the Texans have kind of stolen the thunder from them. The draft really does start at two because nobody seems to know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, I for me, I think they're still taking a quarterback. I don't think they can get through this draft without taking one that high. They need a franchise guy. Obviously, getting a guy like Tyree or Will Anderson would be big for D'Amico Ryan to mold and work with, but we know what this league is. It's a quarterback league. They need to get a quarterback, and, and I think that's going to be the big move. I think it's a lot of smoke screens right now, to be honest with you. All right, let me go back to the wide receivers for a second because I was going to ask you about Hollywood Brown. I mean, there's no indication yet with this this new group whether they whether they like him or not. They're going to have a big decision to make on him after this year. I mean, they they traded a first round pick for him, but there's no certainty that Hollywood Brown is a part of this team's future. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's. I mean, there's a, there's a couple different things they've got to really work through, and and that's going to be one of them. I think just that connection he has with Kyler is going to go a long way. But yeah, like you said, new regime, new uh, feelings. So maybe maybe it's a, a thing of, 
hey, we're going to let you play out this year, and, and thanks for stopping by kind of deal. But I, I don't know. I would assume that they would probably offer him something, but it's maybe he doesn't want that. Maybe he wants more. So I, that that one's really uh, – that, that one I'm very much up in the air with. I could see both sides. I could see them moving on, and, and I could see them keeping him around. I think it's really going to come down to how much he wants. Our Cardinals reporter, Tyler Drake, boots on the ground in Kansas City, the site of tonight's first round of the NFL draft, the whole draft festivities in Kansas City. They're expecting hundreds of thousands of people there. Let's talk about, and I, I, I don't hesitate to bring this up, but I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. There's been a lot, you talk about smoke. There's been a lot of Paris Johnson Jr. smoke the last week or so when it comes to the Cardinals. And then adding to that smoke, or maybe helping fan the flames of that smoke, is Kyler Murray's reported preference of Paris Johnson Jr. Do you think that has anything to do with the price of tea in China when it comes to what the Cardinals would do tonight? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you broke up a little bit, but I think I got where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it does have. They've got to look at that. They've got to listen to. They've got to see what Kyler wants, and they've got to, you know, listen to him. They they might not do it, but they at least have to have to uh, talk about it. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to make it happen. I don't think at three they shouldn't take an O lineman at three at all. I think they need to trade down. Got uh, you know the team that I've been saying is the Titans. I think that would be the trade partner that I would look for. You could get another first round for it. Uh, for that, and I think that would just you would still be in the area I think where you can maybe land a Paris Johnson or if you need to get a Christian Gonzalez uh, so, I, you know, the O-line is a need they, they need some guys in there and it's just kind of where does he fit when he, if they do end up drafting him. Do we expect Buda Baker to be traded? Oh, oh that's, the, that's, the, that's the wild card for me right now. I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if he got Dealt, but I also really? don't know. Maybe they're trying to get back to the table and work some things out. So maybe that's a slower process than we all think. But you know, I think the hop. I think something's happening with hop today. Today, not tomorrow. Today? I think so. I think okay. I think today during the draft. Okay. Yeah, the Buddha thing is, uh, I, man. I hope not. I hope not. But if they've reached the point of no return with him, um, I mean, they. they I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. Okay, Tyler, leave us with this. Best no matter where they pick, no matter where, best guess what position do the Arizona Cardinals address first in tonight's draft? Best guess. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a tough one because there's a lot of addressing that needs to be done. I'm you know what? I'm gonna go crazy and say offensive lineman. Okay, you, so you're following the smoke. You, you think, I'm, I'm going to follow that smoke, I think. You're going to follow that smoke oh, and, and see what's on fire. Yeah, well, yeah, he is in Kansas City. There's a I'm going to help you. There's a, there's a lot of smoke there with a lot of brisket. All right, Tyler, good <laughs> stuff, man. We appreciate the time. Uh, we look forward to reading your coverage tomorrow at ArizonaSports.com. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Good to talk to you. See you. All right. Tyler Drake joining us there in person. I'll ask you this. Well, you know what? I'm going to sit on it because I think that's our poll question. All right, the position. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Um, so Tyler Drake in Kansas City. Again, he'll have the full write-up on whatever it is the Cardinals do tomorrow at ArizonaSports.com. Do want to remind everybody that you can text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line, 620-620. You got any thoughts about what you think the Cardinals should do tonight? Will do tonight. Let us know. Text us at 620-620. 620, 620. We're going to take a break from previewing the draft. We're going to turn our attention to one of the worst collapses in NBA history, courtesy of the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks, and clearly how that impacts the Phoenix Suns and their run for a championship. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, let's send it back to the Oxygen Community Studios. Eric Ruby is standing by. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. Hit it with us, Rubes. Ooh, we're finally here. We've been yes. talking about it for so long. Forever in a day, man. Forever in a day. What do you well, got? When it's all over... What position will the Cardinals address first if they have multiple picks? In the first round, you guys talked about this last segment, I need official choices between edge, corner, offensive lineman, and the coveted other. This is what we want or what we think? What, what we you think. think. What I, you think, think. I think offensive lineman. I, I don't want to think that, but I'm going to think that. Look, I don't... I, I, I'll, I said it before, I'll say it again. I don't mind them taking an offensive lineman. I just don't want them doing it at three. I because I, I just I don't. They're not gonna. I I just I think at three, it's like we'll fire Monty today. You can. Do that. <laughs> it's not up to us, but that's that's a bold take. Um, I just think a guy you can get at six or seven, but you take it. I just don't like that. Um, I think when it's all said and done, they're going to have an offensive lineman as their first first round pick today. I'm buying the smoke, Ruby. I'm following it. Is there brisket on the other side of it? That's all I want to know. Hey, according to our audience, there is because they're following the smoke as well. And for the record, I would. To 53.1% rolling with offensive linemen as the position the Cardinals will take in a strong second place at 33.6%. It's edge rusher all the way down there at 9.1%. It's corner and 4.2% say other. Alright, it's a poll question. Thank you Eric. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. We'll never stray too far from our draft coverage and of course a reminder for everybody coming up at 4 o'clock our draft coverage which is it's my favorite day of the year here at Arizona Sports because I just think we knock it out of the park every single time. A round table of you, Dan Bickley, Ron Wolfley, and me. And, the, and then later we'll hear from Luke Lipinski and Tim Ring. They'll join us as well. And we're just going to chop it up and top NFL draft all night long and just follow the news and see what happens and see where it goes, see where it leads us. I can't wait. That being said, um, I think Ernie Johnson had the moment for all of us last night on TNT's postgame show when he took his little post-it note, the one that said the Bucks will come back down 3-1 and win this series, <laughs> and he ripped it up on national TV. You said the same thing. Uh, I said the same thing. I think we all thought the Bucks were going to come back and win that series because of Giannis. I, I, that was so much friggin' fun to watch last night to see the Heat knock them out in overtime. It was great because it's like this big impediment in the Suns' way potentially just got cleared from the pathway, my friend. And, and, I loved and, it. Okay, and if you go to, if you look at that game, right, I mean, it's 102 to 86 with a minute left in the third quarter. Middleton hits a three. They're up by 16. They're how did like how did Milwaukee lose that game? Well, Kevin Love hits a three pointer, and then Butler got hot. Butler hits a jumper. Butler scores on a lay in. He scores off a pass from Bam, and he's fouled. Hits the free throw. He hits a three pointer. Two twelve left in the game. It's tied at one eleven. Great comeback. Jimmy Butler leading the way, and then with twenty seven point eight seconds left, this is where I thought that it was over. Love fouls Middleton. Middleton, Middleton hits two free throws. Eventually, they get up 117-113. They're up by four with eight seconds left. But Gabe Vincent, like who's Gabe Vincent? He hits a three. It's a one-point game. And then, you know, after what appeared to be a turnover, they turned it into a jump ball. 
and Milwaukee turns it over. Um, Drew ends up missing a free throw, and then Butler with like on the inbound. I don't know who made the inbounds pass. Uh, it, was, it was Vincent. Was it Vincent? It was Gabe Vincent. I couldn't see it on the phone. Uh, it was Gabe Vincent. What an incredible play! Butler gets all the credit, but what an incredible inbounds pass that ties it at one eighteen. Hold they on, go I have on to it win right the game. here. I have it right Do you here. Have it. Play it. Jimmy to the rim. The catch put up. It's in. He caught it and made it while he was drained. Inbound, Giannis. We're tied at 118 for one reason only. Chip, Chip, Buckets. <laughs> what do you call him? Jimmy Kids Buckets. Jimmy Kids Gets Buckets. <laughs> Jimmy Kids Buckets. Man, he was he was incredible. And then even at the end of the game, you know, Butler and and Bam, you know, put him up by uh, I think by five in overtime. But they had a chance. But Grayson Allen's not able to get a shot off. There's yeah. a shot clock violation on a drive, and that's how they lost the game. They were not able to get that final shot off. So now, okay, look, I get it. I I, I, I we need to focus on what's ahead of us. We need to look not too far down the road. I I, I get it. I can I can hear the people in their car going, man, we haven't gotten through the second round of the playoffs yet. We're already talking about this. Just look at the betting odds for who's going to win the championship now. Suns have the second best odds in the NBA. The team that had the first best odds, they're out. They're done. And and so you're. I get it. it. We're still a couple of steps away. And I get it. The Suns still have to get through Denver and still have to get through whoever's going to win between Golden State and maybe the Lakers, maybe Memphis. There's still a long, long way to go. And I'm not counting chickens before they're hatched. And I'm not trying to do any of that stuff. But I think we all would agree that Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks probably represented the greatest threat overall in the NBA to the yeah, Phoenix Suns I winning a championship. Yeah, I did. I thought that. And they're gone. And wow. they're gone. Which Wiped is, out by an eight seed. Which is why last night I was rooting like hell for Miami. I was uh, my, my wife even got drawn in. She only watches Suns basketball with me. She never watches basketball basketball with yeah. me. Even she got sucked into last night's game because she knew. She understood. She had the, the value of Milwaukee getting out in this game, what it might have meant for them. And then did you hear the Giannis cut after the game? Yes. When he was asked by the yep. reporter if your season is a failure. Now, in fairness to the reporter, longtime beat writer who's covered the Milwaukee Bucks. He's established really good relationships with them, so I think he's got the power to be able to ask a question like this. He got a reaction from Giannis when he asked Giannis the question about whether this season is a failure. Oh my God. Uh, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, provide the house for them, or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never... I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's the sixth year in a row that the number one overall team in the NBA failed to make the NBA Finals. It's the fourth year in a row the number one overall team in the NBA failed to make the Conference Finals. Two of those four teams were the Milwaukee Bucks. 
four, three of those six teams were the Milwaukee Bucks. You know who's getting the heat today? Even though they won a championship two years ago, Budenholzer. Budenholzer. Big time is he getting the heat yeah, right now. No. Listen, it's it's an unfair comparison by Giannis. You've got you've got a team that is supposed to win a championship and you don't get there yes it's a failure it's a failure um and that's what she just just sort of said yeah when it's not a success we didn't win so it's not a success if you want to call it a failure you call it a failure but our goal was to win a championship we didn't do that so i don't think we had a successful season if you want to say it's a failure that's up to you but was it a success to us the answer is no it wasn't a success you know a guy that's you know that's got a regular job and he's a he, that's his like he's reached his pinnacle he wanted to be the beat writer covering the bucks for the newspaper that's it like there is no promotion for him him. He doesn't want to go be the editor of the newspaper. He wants to cover the Bucks, So he is where he wants to be. The Bucks were NBA title favorites. Milwaukee is the third NBA team since the merger to lose in round one after entering the playoffs as the title favorites. The others were the 2007 Dallas Mavericks and the 1994 Seattle Supersonics. Those are the only two teams to enter as the number one favorite to win a championship and lose. Also, was that the Matumbo f- yes, finger that was wag? The Matumbo, that was the Denver over Seattle. On, on the ground, holding the ball. Yeah. Back, back when the first round was a best of five. Yep. yep. And then, of course, the 07 one was the one where Nowitzki won the MVP, and they had to give him the trophy, even though the Mavs had already been eliminated right. from the playoffs. Uh, around the NBA quickly last night. Golden State beat Sacramento 123-116. Incredible performance by Draymond Green. Highest scoring game in five years. 21 points, seven assists. This was the same place he got ejected at the last time. They only had 11 road wins this year. Only 11. Down 12, Sacramento rallied, and they actually had a chance to take the lead with about a minute left, but Malik Monk missed the three, and then Wiggins hits a turnaround jumper, Curry hits a three, and De'Aaron Fox, I give him all the credit in the world for playing, 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 0 for 6. Yeah, it was a struggle for him. Yeah. Lakers lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. I was they, a, that wasn't even a game. As they, yeah, that wasn't much of a game, but the but the Lakers did that, yes. And talk about the Knicks. Let's, let's, let's move on from the Lakers. Let's talk about the Knicks. First series win in 10 years. The question with them is they lose, they lost Julius Randle. He hurt his ankle. He sprained it. Missed the entire second half. Mitchell Robinson had 11 offensive rebounds. He had more offensive rebounds in that game than DeAndre's had the entire year. Yeah, and then the Knicks advance. They will now take yeah. on. I'm sorry, you, no, I was, I, I was, you made a joke. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm juggling a lot of balls over no, here. Big game yes. by R.J. Barrett. Josh Hart, great defense on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell outplayed by Brunson. Just outplayed by Brunson. The Knicks win. Now it's going to be Knicks Heat. A lot of old Knicks Heat memories, so it'll be Knicks Heat. All right, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we've got more news about the Arizona Cardinals. Get ready, people. Today is going to be a busy day, and we might be seeing the tip of the iceberg on that next on the Burns and Gambo show.